Hello, Poke fans. Welcome to the Same Type Attack bonus podcast, or Stabcast for short, your twice-monthly look into the deeper worlds of Pokemon. I'm your host, Trainer Spike, and with me, as always, are my fellow trainers, Slagkick. Beepor, beepor. Wait, what does the polygon sound like? And Sulker. Warning, the contents of this episode may cause seizures. Today is August 6th, 2017, and this is Stabcast episode 21, banned anime episodes. Welcome once again, our lovely and beautiful listeners, to another episode of our adventure into the deeper worlds of Pokemon. This week, trainer Slagkick will be leading a discussion about the various banned Pokemon anime episodes. But first, let's talk about our Poke Weeks. Sulker, I'd like you to go first. Of course. Uh, This week, or weeks since we last recorded, uh, I have tried out some of the functionality on Pokemon Go's raids, uh, specifically after the event where Lugia and Articuno were released into the wild, so that was a lot of... about two weeks ago? Yes, since our last recording. Um... Yeah, went to a couple different parks, tried to catch some of those legendary Pokemon. Uh, ultimately, the teams I were was with were able to beat the Pokemon, uh, but I was not able to successfully catch a legendary as my teams didn't... Th- my assigned teams in the game didn't generate enough points to get more than a few of the premium balls, so no luck on that front. Well, you know, when your team leader... That also happened to me. When your team leader is off somewhere unknown, and Candela... Is it Candela who's filling in now? Yes. Yeah. Um, Other than that, just uh, Magikarp Splash. I friggin' hate this last league. It's taking forever. And so my drive to play the game has kind of uh, petered out a little bit, unfortunately. You really stuck with it, though. Yep, well, we'll see. I'll still keep playing it, but in lower amounts. Uh, what about you, Slykick? How was your Poke Week? Um, it's been a little bit on the lighter side. Uh, mostly, you know, keeping up with the anime, as we do. Uh, trying to do a little bit more in Pokemon Go, but I have not had the opportunity to do any raid battles and stuff. Mostly just because I haven't been going and seeking them out. But, uh, seeking them out. And then I, my face looks like a seeking, like, Samson Oak. Um, you know, but otherwise, just keeping up with, uh, the Poke News and Muse. And, um... Kind of starting to get a, a little bit excited about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon based on, you know, some of the stuff that we are starting to find out about it. All right. Well, I'm going to cut you off right there because you're going to be encroaching upon our Poke News I was stop or right there. Muse. Uh, so I'd like to just say my Poke Week has been a pretty nice one. Got a lot of Poke Go in. Enjoyed doing the raids quite a bit. I unfortunately was unable to catch an Articuno, although I did have the opportunity. Did not have enough premium balls. Kind of sucked. Um, that's been great. I'm also really excited because I bought last month's issue of Korokoro Magazine out of Japan. It came with a uh, premium code to download a Ho-Oh for Sun and Moon oh, nice. for Japan. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm super stoked to uh, get back into playing my Japanese copy of Sun and Moon. I, I think that's going to be a total blast. And when I'm done, you know, bring him or her over to uh, my US release. All that having been said, it's time for that news or muse. Sulker, get us going. Sure, this week it was announced that there is a new for of Lycanroc. This is the Lycanroc Dusk form, which will be available in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, available in, I believe, November of this year. Um, it is orange like a sunset, which should come as no surprise based on its name. Uh, it'll be available in the wild within the games. Uh, there's no indication of which version of the game it will be in. 
Um, this could mean potential for an alternate form for Dawn. I was just going to say, there's got to be a Dawn version, right? Pussy! Uh, yes, that. Uh, well, hopefully that is a thing we'll see sans teeth gnashing. Um, well, what mean, do you guys think about this new version? How do you guys like it? It's so cute. I'm super into it. Yeah, I think it's my favorite version of Lycan Rock yet. I love its beautiful green eyes. And I know a lot of people are theorizing that because it's dusk form that it'll have a dusk stone and then there'll be dawn form with a dawn stone so that people, would make a lot of sense a lot of people are thinking that my guess is that it would probably have to be in a special location too just because uh, they do that thing but yeah i'm looking forward to dusk form like and rock fantastic i think our uh, next news item is with you spike excellent i'm really excited about this one so you know we've uh, been talking a little bit about pokemon the movie i choose you which is the 20th pokemon film I'm really excited because, you know, uh, it used to be a big deal when a Pokemon film would come out, even here in North America. It would get a theatrical release. We'd sometimes get some free, like, freebie handouts. It was cool. Um, that has not been happening for quite some time. Now the movies typically premiere on, like, Cartoon Friday Network, night right? on Cartoon Network. In this case, for Pokemon the movie I Choose You, we are going to, via Fathom Events, have two nights in movie theaters. That's going to be November 5th and 6th. It will be at theaters across the nation, and you will uh, get to see this reimagining of Ash and Pikachu's first meeting. Yes! Yeah, I'm super stoked. Definitely going to see this in the theater. What do you guys think? I think I just iterated my interest in it. I'm like, thank you, Fathom Events, for doing the thing you always do and being pretty awesome about it uh so i expect that we'll have to get tickets as soon as they're available for ordering yeah definitely yep. and that's gonna be a uh sunday and monday so that'll be a little weird but oh that's a strange combo right either way though whatever it takes i'm just glad we'll get to see it in the theater indeed slaggy what about you i believe you have our next news story yeah well it's also anime related this is the announcement of a dvd release of pokemon the series xyz volume one it will have the first half of the xyz series and uh allow you to keep collecting your Kalos Adventures on DVD. Hooray! I, I like that they finally started putting out, like, season releases instead of those bullshit, like, uh... Just rando episode random episodes, collections. Which I believe Cartoon Network still does that for their shows, which is criminal. Yes, they does. Agreed. So, uh, what do you think about this? Are you going to be picking up uh, XYZ? I probably won't, because I typically just watch these episodes on Netflix. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, if they were to ever come off of Netflix, I'd probably start collecting them. Yeah, uh, that's my same feeling about this uh it's nice that it's an option for those who like to collect dvds or blu-rays uh but this is not something i'll oh, probably put money into there ain't no blu-ray release henny if this were a blu-ray release i would buy it immediately oh, so i mean could... i said dvd or blu-ray but since you gotta get particular dvd for you those of you who is listening it's a dvd only set yeah so your ps4 pro Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You so, can still uh, use it, but its quality ain't gonna be good. So, <laughs> Trainer Spike, I know that if there was a Blu-ray release, you'd be so stoked to see that Goldeen gliding across the screen in beautiful 1080p. Uh, you need to check it, because that was Pokemon XY, not Pokemon XYZ. I know, but there's probably yes, some Goldeens gliding across the screen. You don't know that? Have you watched all the episodes? No, but there mm-hmm. probably are. Even if they're off-camera, they're gliding across the water somewhere. So who's got our next news story? That's me. I'd like to say a very happy birthday to Pokemon Shuffle's second year on uh, its mobile platforms. Oh, it's in its terrible twos now. Yes. It was now. always terrible. <laughs> oh. 
no, Pokemon Shuffle is a legitimate game, guys. We'll we'll talk about the bastard of the Pokemon series in a little bit. Um, but so I, as I was saying, Pokemon Shuffle celebrating its second year on mobile. Uh, on July 25th, they released a shiny Tyranitar that anyone could get as a login bonus. Uh, and this is apparently one of the most, if not the most, uh, powerful character in the game. Uh, same day, new ranked battle events started on July 25th. Uh, as of this month, uh, there are some new Alolan faces to look at in this game. Uh, so Tapu Koko is now available as of 8-1, uh, to fight in Ultra Challenges. And starting on August 15th, Tapu Lele will be in its place. Yes! Um, there's also an update to the daily challenges, uh, where now Pokemon who were previously available in great challenges or special stages uh, will be available in the daily challenges, so you can catch some of those Pokies you might have missed during those. Um, there are also chances to win interesting items, such as 3x Mega Speeds as rewards. Uh, you can also be, or should be on the lookout for uh, additional jewel purchases. Uh, if the current or I'm not sure if it's still current, but at least when this launched was, uh, if you buy six jewels or more, you get six jewels free. Ooh. Uh, and worry not for those of you who purchased this game on the 3DS. This update and event is currently live on the 3DS version as well. Oh, wow. Uh, what do you guys think about this updated news story? I'm really excited about this, and uh, I'm also really excited because the press release that uh, Pokemon Company slash Nintendo put out for this also suggests that they will be continuing to support the Pokemon Shuffle platform uh, for years to come. I, I think that's cool. I like Pokemon Shuffle. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the microtransaction structure on the mobile version is a little exploitative in my opinion, but all in all, I think Pokemon Shuffle is really cool. I'm excited to see it continue, and now I'm just hoping for a Switch port at some point. Yeah, I I actually never got into Pokemon Shuffle, but I'm surprised because, you know, I love... Um, it's, it's a match three, right? I mean, I love puzzle games anyways, but if, like especially like match three style ones um and this will probably be a good time to get into it yeah do you think that's gonna be something you do then well i mean i'll I'll probably delete pokemon duel off of my phone to make room for it i mean that's a choice to have kept it on your phone this long oh y'all rude am i the (laughs) only one in this group that still has pokemon duel and like plays it sometimes i have never seen you play it since that first week yeah because you're not in the bathroom with me when i'm bored and looking for a game to play which is you haven't noticed the cameras what (laughs) nothing so you're saying that pokemon duel makes you poop Moving on. Next news story is also me. Um, We have word here that a premium XY trainer collection will be coming out on November 17th of this year. Uh, This is uh, supposed to be the largest Pokemon TCG product ever assembled. It's going to have 14 full art promos, including Shaman EX, Yvaltal EX, Aegislash EX, Jirachi, and N. Um, There's also going to be a large kickstand style box. It also will include a metal Pikachu coin, two sets of 65 card sleeves featuring Xerneas and Yveltal, uh, also a double deck box featuring each of those previously listed Pokemon, uh, two sets of dice, two XY booster packs, and an online card game card code 
card. Uh, this will all retail at about $80 uh, wow. once it goes live. Uh, before we talk about what it, or how we feel about this, uh, Spike, I believe your next news story kind of loop leads into this or leads out of this. It does, in fact. And this is actually why you had two news stories. That's a typo on my part. I had initially meant for you to have both of these news stories. My bad. Um... So basically, the Premium Trainers XY collection is going to be being sold early at hobby stores. At first, I thought you were going to say Hobby Lobby, and I was like, uh-uh. No, actually, exact same. Uh, so basically, um, in order to be eligible, the hobby store, if you have a hobby store, there's a hobby store you go to, uh, let them know uh, that basically, if you hold Burning Shadows pre-releases, uh, you hold Crimson Invasion pre-releases, then you can also be eligible to um, sell the upcoming collection a month early the official release date so where you'll see it at like target walmart gamestop is going to be november 17th but hobby stores that are eligible and do participate in these community events will be able to sell it starting october 20th of course, you know, this is just another in a long line of moves by the Pokemon Company International to get hobby stores and fans invested in the Play Pokemon initiative. I think that this is a, a really cool, really great plan, and it will definitely get me out to a different store from those I, I typically shop at. That's uh, excellent. But continue talking about the XY collection itself. Um, that's actually what I wanted to talk about about it, as far as like what it, that's pretty much everything that's going to be in it. Uh, I'm really excited for this potential release. I know there's some stuff around uh, potentially different card art that hasn't been seen in Japan, but to me that's not as interesting as all of the different things that we're going to be getting out of this. Uh, so you can bet that I'll be spending my $80 either on October 20th or November 17th. Excellent. Hooray! Slaggy, what about you? Is there any chance you go after this one? I don't know about this one, but I might pick up the next one that we're going to talk about. Which well, is, then why don't you talk about it? It is the Shining Legends Collector's Chest tin. It is one of like the kind of lunchbox-style ones. It'll have five Shining Legends booster packs, three foil promos of Pikachu, Latios, and Latias, a Pokemon coin, two sticker sheets, a collector's album, a notepad and pencils, and a Pokemon trading card game online code card. Excellent! And uh, like you were saying, Sulker, about art we have not seen, perhaps, these promos might be ones that um, we have not seen in Japan because there is no new pair of Latios and Latias that we have seen. Oh, so that should be interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I I'll definitely be picking this one up on November 17th. Yeah, I always liked Latias and Latias because they were kind of like Lugia's niece and nephew, basically. Oh, they're the little babies of the family. Anyway, uh, that's it for uh, Shining Legends Collectors 10. Well, speaking of other card game stuff, uh, we've got news here that Silvali and Marshadow Boxes will also be coming out on November 17th, uh, both in America and Europe. Uh, both boxes will be released the same time as Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Uh, will feature new foil promo cards of each of these Pokemon. Uh, there will also be GX Jumbo Card versions of these Pokemon. Uh, there is some speculation that the Jumbo Cards for America will be replaced with uh, the little figurines that we sometimes get, as this happened on other sets uh, that have recently been released. Oh, I hope so. Uh, and it will also come with three booster packs and an online card game card code. Awesome. That's another one I'll be interested in picking up, especially if we get a figure collection version. Uh, what about you? Uh, I just got to ask the Pokemon company why you do this, why you take my money, why you don't want me to have a house in the future or eat avocado <laughs> toast. Not av ah! 
I was gonna Millennials say can't afford a houses because they're buying Pokemon cards. And avocado toast. You know, that's something I should I should have mentioned in my last uh my week Poke Week thing. You got Somebody some avocado at, toast? No 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 no. Somebody at work came to me with like I saw that there was a Pikachu on his desk and I was like, Oh cool Pikachu and he was like, Oh my god, I love the cards. Blah 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 and like went on a tirade not a tirade, but like a little rant about Pokemon cards and I was like, Oh man, that's really cool. He's like, Yeah, I'll bring in my collection tomorrow and he brought in a binder of just like and you stole it the last two card sets of just like rare and or shiny slash foil cards so it was pretty cool to look at uh i hope that we can get him as a listener so that we can like get people who want to talk about the card game i was just kidding about tweeting the at us. you stole it yeah well i wasn't what about you slaggy do you think you'd be interested in the uh Silvalli box and mars shadow box yeah i like Silvalli a lot i guess you could call me a Silvalli girl i won't but nobody thanks. will spike i believe you have our next news item i do and slaggy you just, you know, I actually thought that was a pretty good one. I just have to burn you. It, it's what we do. Well, I better get some burn heal. Ooh. Uh, we also have word here that similar to what we saw with the Wii U for Pokemon Tournament, where uh, Japanese peripheral manufacturer Hori made a replica controller similar to the style of controller that the arcade Pokemon Tournament game is played for. We now have the announcement of a Pokémon Tournament DX Pro Pad Wired controller. Uh, this is going to be releasing on September 22nd, which is obviously the same day that the Switch game will be releasing. And it is actually going to be retailing, as far as I can tell, for $24.99 in North America. It's already up for pre-order on Amazon. If you uh, want one of these, you should check it out. You see, I would be really interested in getting one of these, except I'm not sure if it's like not going to give me an STD or anything, because you said it was horrible. And I mean, make that money, but I don't know. H O R I. Wow. Okay. Philistine. Okay. I don't care if you misspell things, but like, it's still rude to call it a whore. I think this is, what about I think, you? I think this is really cool news. It almost reminds me of something that we talked about on our latest episode of Game Buoy. Sulker, I believe you have our last news story of the oh, day. I was just going to say about this, though. Like, I probably will not get this controller. I've got a pro controller. I think that that's going to cover all of my basic needs. Sure, it's cute, but I don't really have a need in my life for a wired controller and i know the wire is like about nine or ten feet long but size don't matter when you can go wireless Ooh, she done already done add hers is take this news in our final news piece today um pokemon duel gets a mega evolution update uh, so the smartphone-based game, uh, smartphone-based board game is getting a major update uh, with no real uh, date announced for it. Uh, the last patch for this game was done back in June, I will note. Um, there was a trailer released, I believe, was it last week or this week? Uh, that showed, Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, showing Mega Evolutions arriving in the game, or rather will be soon. Uh, they look pretty cool. You get to see some of the basic favorites, uh, Charizard X and Y editions. Uh, I didn't really note any of the other ones because those are Charizard Mega Evolution X is my fave. So why would I not notice that? Um, I think that's cool for people who are still playing this game. I note that it has a uh, active Reddit subreddit, but IDK. But literally, what doesn't? I mean, you can find active subreddits for like hobbyist scab pullers. Is there ab like for what about subreddit subreddits? There's gotta be. Wait, no, there are because uh, one of the drag race subreddits I'm in has a subreddit about drama in the primary subreddit. No, no, no. I mean like a Reddit that subreddit that is about creating subreddits. 
There's got to be. There's got to be. Um, I know I had said that was our last news story, but I actually have one more for us that uh, kind of squeezed in here. We have word of an upcoming promo at GameStop in North America where you'll be able to go and get a code card for a dazzling slazzle. So this promo is going to be starting on August 14th and running through September 4th. If you want a free level 50 Salazzle uh, yes. with the ability Corrosion, Held Item, Focus Sash, and the moves Fake Out, Toxic, Sludge Bomb, and Flamethrower, get thee to a GameStop on uh, August 14th or later. Get that sassy lizard. I love that her name is Dazzling Salazzle. <laughs> you are felon. Salazzles can only be, Salazzles are the ones that can only be female, right? All right, that does it for our news. It is time for our discussion. I'm going to hand it over to Slackkick now, who is going to talk about banned anime episodes. Yeah, we thought it would be fun this week to look at some of the episodes that have um, been banned or unaired and look at some of the controversy or reasons behind them. And especially because uh, a lot of these are very difficult to track down. I mean, I guess I say that, but you can probably find them on YouTube, you know, but... You know, the, as far as official that is means, literally what we did for most of them. That's true, uh, but you know, but as far as official means, there's not really any way to watch these, so you kind of have to seek them out. We're gonna start with the episode called "The Legend of Mini Ryu," which is better known as the Safari Zone episode. So, did you ever wonder where Ash got those thirty toros from? It's because he went to the Safari Zone with Ash and Misty. I mean, with Brock and Misty, he went with himself. Um, so this one was notable for being banned, and I mean, I remember hearing about it in the early-ish days of you know Pokemon internet fandom and stuff. Uh, because the Safari Zone warden, who is named Kaiser, um, wields a gun pretty freely to the point where he's like. Um, pointing a gun at the children and like cocking a gun to threaten them like repeatedly and then actually shoots at jesse and james and meowth a lot so i mean you know kind of looking at it it, from today's standards i mean it's yeah i mean it's kind of problematic but you know uh four kids was definitely very much trying to you know very much make it kids only you know and sanitize pokemon as much as they could so it's easy to see especially back in you know the late 90s why they sent through this but uh you know, the episode, I thought it was pretty good. Basically, what happens is, you know, after um, Team Rocket shows up, uh, they're like, we challenge you to see who can catch the most Pokemon. And if you lose, then we have to take all your Pokemon. And Ash was like, okay. So he basically pulls a Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Um, Ash ends up catching 30 Tauros. But um, basically, kind of the focus is actually Dratini because um, uh, at first, Kaiser's like, oh, there's no Dratini here. GTFO, because apparently what happened is that uh, people wanted Dratini so badly that they came and basically messed up the Safari Zone and, like, left it in shambles because they were really rude. And so um, once Team Rocket like, basically tickles the truth out of uh, Kaiser with a tickle bot, which is, like, actually a thing that happened. Uh, they try to go use their Gyarados sub to uh, d- use a, like, waterproof stun bomb to knock out all the Pokemon in the lake. And so, basically, Ash ends up going to try to stop the bomb that they threw in the lake, but is saved by Dragonair, who was the Dratini that Kaiser had um, raised as a young Dratini. 
And then at the end, Professor Oak's like, do you have more Pokemon for me? And then <laughs> gets trampled by Tauros. Um, so since this is a not just a anime discussion, and we're you know talking about why these episodes were banned, um, I, I'm going to kind of ask you, like, what are your thoughts about you know it being banned? Is it understandable that it was banned, etc.? And then your overall thoughts. I'm going to start with you, Sulker. So I think that I personally don't see any reason that this episode should have been banned other than snowflakes in America in the 90s. Whoa. Uh, And I don't mean that on, like, the liberal snowflakes. I mean, like, people who are oversensitive about shielding their children. Like, I get it. On one hand, sure. You want your kids to stay as innocent and uh, aware of, like, joy and love as as long as possible. Like, Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, all that. Got it. However... You, if you ever watch a movie that has anything violent around your children, a TV show that maybe features a gun or drugs or sex even once, this that totally invalidates your logic of like hiding that from their media. Uh, I really am opposed, obviously, to censoring these kinds of things when one, like the violence, doesn't actually end with like repercussions, like. There's, like, no real violence that actually happens to anyone. It's implied potential violence. Uh, But that's just my thoughts. I mean... I don't see any reason that this episode should have been blocked. Or, like, pull a four kids and go ahead and just make him point a lollipop at people. Make it a scary lollipop. A poison lollipop, for all I care. Just, I really wish we'd had this episode. And those are my thoughts. Well, the funny thing about this episode, and I'm just gonna jump right in here, is that it's actually, I think, one of the better early episodes. Um, I'm not really trying to poop on the anime at all, but I think a lot of those sort of first season episodes are uh, pretty weak efforts and i actually think this is one of the better episodes as far as the banning itself goes i actually get why it happened um i don't really share sulker's strong feelings on this matter um simply because that's sort of how things were done back then i actually think pokemon got away with some like violence type stuff that actually did get edited out of a lot of other shows that got brought over um that having been said i do think four kids could have easily edited around the gun stuff um certainly with a lot less effort than we typically um, saw it take for some of the edits that they did do. So not entirely sure why this got singled out, especially since it did actually create plot holes in other episodes. This this isn't like yeah. um, the Electric Soldier Porygon episode where you cut it out and literally nothing of value is lost other than itself a fun episode. In this case, you know, there there's actual like stakes at play and there are um, side effects and residual effects that happen in the overall narrative of Pokemon to the degree to which is, you know, important, I suppose. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it shouldn't have been banned. I get why it happened, but it it shouldn't have been banned, in my opinion. If they can use digital art to paint over a rice ball to look like a sandwich, they could paint over to make the gun look like a toy gun, and he's shooting, like, Nerf darts at them. You know, actually turning it into a Nerf gun with little Nerf darts would probably have been very easy. Literally just adding, like, the, the suction cup tip at the end of the gun and, and recoloring it orange would probably have been enough. Or just like, he calls it like his Thunderbolt guns. Like, you could definitely do something around like, oh, make it shoot electricity or something. Yeah, just have him refer to it as a dart gun. Done. Yeah. All right, the next episode we're going to talk about is 
the Ice Cave, which was part of the Johto series of episodes. It was not released anywhere outside of Asia, and the only reason why is because of the Jinx appearance, which, um, so basically, um, I think Salker's going to cover it a little more in depth when we talk about uh, the episode Holiday Hijinks. This is true. Uh, but basically, um, you may not or may be familiar with um, controversy around the uh, actual appearance of how Jinx's character design looks. And like that was literally the only reason that they never dubbed it, uh, just because it has Jinx in it. There was nothing um, like violent or sexual or whatsoever. Well, I mean, I guess I say that, but uh, uh, so basically what happens in this episode is that they're trying to get to Blackthorn City, but they go through an ice cave and um, Brock ends up get, getting sick. And so um, when they go there, he's like, oh, maybe there's a Pokemon Center. And there is a Pokemon Center in the ice cave where instead of Chansey, there is a Jinx. And so Jinx is kind of like taking care of Brock. There's a part where he has like a fever dream and uh, Jinx gives him a kiss. And it's kind of like, whoa. So I mean, that's not why it was uh, censored over here. Rather unaired. Uh, so basically, um, the ice cave is, for some reason, kept cold with a refrigerator. Because I guess otherwise it would melt. I don't know. That part kind of didn't really... Because it was an ice cave, the ceiling was made of ice. And if it started to melt, the structural integrity would give in. And they would all be crushed by the falling ice. Yeah, I mean, was it a man-made ice cave, though? That's what I didn't really... Does it matter? Yeah, it's, I, I just kind of thought that part was a little bit... Whatever. But anyways, uh, Team Rocket was like... Is oh. it a man-made ice cave in the game? Because Ice Path exists. So wait, so your current issue with this fictional monster fighting world is that we don't know the origins of a throwaway ice cave well, in I an episode that an ice cave, doesn't ever an, get referenced ever again? It was. I thought that the ice cave would be in a, um environment where there was naturally occurring ice caves. Climates change. That's true. Maybe this was a climate change episode. Um, anyways, Team Rocket finds the cooling system and ends up like routing it out into like the jungle area where the heat exhaust used to be. And the Pokemon there aren't happy about it. So Ash ends up, they like, they all end up going and helping. And then, uh, unfortunately, Team Rocket's like, oh, well, we brought some heaters in here. And, um, the Pillow Swine and, um, is it Swinub is the little one? Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, we don't like this. And Brock, even though he is, like, sickly, uh, tries to help out with Geodude. And, like, basically, um, Pikachu tries to help out. And that helps Jinx and Pillow Swine be able to use a Blizzard attack and use Lovely Kiss. And then they end up saving the day. So, yeah, the big Basically, the only reason that this was not aired over here was because of the controversy of Jinx's uh, character design. And uh, I guess I would say there wasn't anything too important to the plot that made this one not airing, like, you know, affect the continuity so much. But uh, it was a it was a bog standard episode, I think, as far as like, you know, kind of Pokemon of the week. It was kind of cool to see Nurse Joy like actually battling and stuff. I feel like we don't see Joys do a lot of battle and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Spike, I'm going to start with you this time. What did you think of this? And, you know, your kind of your thoughts about it not airing in the United States. It was a consequence-free episode. It was cute and pleasant enough. I didn't I didn't disenjoy watching it, but I don't think the series lost anything for having it removed. Um, and, you know, I have to be honest, I do understand why this was banned. You know, you, you really wouldn't be able to edit Jinx out of this episode terribly right. easy. And I actually do think that Jinx's 
early design was pretty problematic. Like, right. even before I really thought in terms of, is this problematic? Uh, Jinx's design already kind of made me uncomfortable. So uh, I definitely understand why this one was banned. I understand why it didn't come over. And I don't think the series was uh, particularly mm-hmm. hurt by it, as opposed to the episode we just discussed. Uh, Sulker, what do you think? Jinx is a racist caricature. I understand why this is banned. That's pretty much it. Uh, I don't even necessarily know that I vibe with purple skin jinx because, you know, it's still basically the same thing, just purple. Um, but I just don't understand why they had to make a character like this in the Pokemon games. Uh, you could definitely have done this without that or even like Smoochum, which also seems kind of problematic to me. Uh, the episode itself was a fine episode, but I think the larger issue here is that for some reason Japan is still kind of okay with blackface, which is basically what Jinx is in its form. Uh, and there are a lot of implications there that I really don't want to talk about on our Pokemon podcast, but I think it is justified that this episode did not come over to America, uh, and those are my thoughts. Yeah, you know, just as a little interesting side note, it's interesting that, um, you know, in a very similar way, um, Mr. Popo kind of has a, from Dragon Ball, has a problematic design, but uh, he was never um, cut out. They just kind of, I think, did a similar thing where they changed his skin color, but I mean, still. They they didn't, though. Uh, I, I I've had heard that they did for uh, Kai, sorry, I meant for Kai, apparently they did. All right, well, let's move anyway. forward to the episode that everyone is really listening to this to hear about. Yeah, so this is known in Japan is actually um, usually translated as um, Computer Warrior Porygon, but we um, have typically heard it as Electric Soldier Porygon. This is the infamous episode that caused over 700 uh, Japanese citizens. We typically, you know, refer to this as Japanese children because many children were affected, but um, the age ranges of the, I guess would you say victims or the, you know, sufferers of the seizures um, range from ages 3 to 58, and and, uh, you know, we, you know, the whole newsworthy thing was that, oh, Pokemon gave kids seizures. But, you know, epileptic seizures were only one um, symptom. Uh, there was also vomiting, irritated eyes, other related symptoms. And this was due to some of the strobe effects that occurred during the episode. And unlike the past two that we just talked about that were, uh, you know, cut in America, this um, has basically never been rebroadcast anywhere. I mean, uh, it's kind of amazing that, you know, the show recovered and uh, we have a kind of a cute footnote at the end of this episode's discussion to talk about um, about how po- the Pokemon uh, company responded to that. Um, so basically the plot of this is kind of weird. They are in a city called Matcha City, which I believe is just one of those uh, random anime cities, you know, like uh, not any correlation in the game. That is correct. It was only seen in the anime. And so um, Pikachu is kind of like exhausted and they're like, oh, we need to go uh, to the Pokemon Center. He's not like terribly sick, but he's kind of like, oh, like he kind of has like this old man caricature. Almost looks like the shrine Pikachu plush that you had. I believe the phrase you were looking for is Pikachu is tired. Yeah, Pikachu was tired. He needed to rest up at the Pokemon Center. But when they get to the Pokemon Center, there's like chaos because the Pokemon um, that are being transported to the Pokeball Transporter um, ends up like uh, not having Pokemon show up at all or it's the wrong Pokemon. And so people are not very happy. And so there is a Dr. Akihabara 
who was apparently the inventor of the Pokemon transport system, which I thought that Bill had done the PC system, but anyway, um, you know, uh, so he's like, oh, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong, and so apparently Brock is, like, really computer savvy. He's like, oh, perhaps there's a computer virus, and then Dr. Akihabara is like, no, no, it couldn't be that, and it's kind of, like, really cagey about it, and so Nurse Joyce is like, oh, well, I'll see what I can do, and so he basically, um, Dr. Akihabara is like, I'm out of here, and and Ash, Misty, and Brock are like, WTF? So they've, um, they're like, where does he live? And Nurse Joy draws this really bad map. <laughs> and then, like, they found out that he kind of lives in this creepy mansion thing. And it has, like, a secret laboratory inside. Basically, what happens is that um, he has this system that allows, you know, he did the Pokemon transport system, but he'd been experimenting with one that allowed humans to go in and Somehow Team Rocket had gone in and um, with his original prototype Porygon. And so he's like, if the um, if Nurse Joy puts antivirus software into the Pokemon system, it's going to delete them. So you need to go uh, rescue them in my um, in my original Porygon by using this Mark I Porygon that I have. Because otherwise, there'll be blood on my hands. Except not really, because they'll be deleted forever in the digital world. But, oh, you also might die too. So basically, they get transported into a computer kind of tron style like it's it's weird in the context of pokemon but like it's very much like tron basically and so they go in they find out that there's like literally like a roadblock that's like like kind of like you know like a construction roadblock stopping it and because uh team rocket basically wanted to steal all these pokemon and so um as they do you know they uh try to attack but then basically nurse joy ends up sending in the antivirus with the help of like a geek squad expert basically um, and so basically they have to um, find a way out and then um, Ash is like no Team Rocket's still trapped in there and Misty's like uh, yeah but we need to Let get out of here die. so yeah Misty was basically okay with letting them die um, in the end they end up getting out of there okay it's really cool to see Porygon but uh, you know there when there's um, there's multiple instances where there's alternating red and blue flashing strobe effects and um, you know um Watching it the way we did on a, a modern television, like, you know... Brightness it, turned down, brightness color turned settings down. changed up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, we didn't have any health problems with it, but it was, I have to say it was still kind of, like, a little bit unpleasant. Like, I kind of had to turn away, just not because, like, it was giving me a headache or anything, just because, like, the flash is just kind of like, uh. Oh, like, I stared directly into it because I wanted, I wanted to seize. Why would you do that? Tomorrow's a work day. Okay, well, I can relate. <laughs> um, you know, I actually, uh, you know, I hadn't meant to turn away but i kind of did just because it was aggressively unpleasant to look at yeah and i think that maybe sort of some subconscious level of like you know oh this episode harmed a lot of people so um the little cute little footnote is is that um the source that you had found captain spike in uh allowing us to view this episode had also featured a clip that they had aired um prior to the following episode when it finally came back after its four-month hiatus and it was basically um a representative of you know pokemon has, she had been like, oh, you know, uh, we, we deeply apologize for this, and you know, uh, we took the episode off the, we took the show off the 
there temporarily because we wanted to find out, you know, the cause of this and, um, you know, make sure that it didn't happen again and under- better could better understand because this was the first time that a worldwide, you know, uh, in the in the world that, you know, a cartoon had triggered this sort of response in, you know, its audiences. So, uh, you know, so they were very apologetic, you know, uh, and then they said, you know, we thank you for uh, being patient and for sending in your fan letters. They said some really cute fan letters they showed about please don't take Pokemon off the air. And they said, you know, please make sure that you sit in front, don't sit right in front of the TV, sit at a fair distance with the, you know, uh, proper lighting. And so uh, that, that was, I say it's cute, but I mean, it's not cute, but it was a really cool bit of uh, trivia that that source that you had found included that as well. Yeah, you know, one of the cutest things I thought in this episode was the fact that the Porygons were named after the Evangelion robots. Right. Uh, Zerogoki and Shogoki. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. And I refuse to accept that it might not be an Ava reference. I, I mean, hate you all. Anything post-1995, how is it not an Ava reference? Um... <laughs> Sulker, what did you think of this episode and like, kind of the uh, re- like the reasonings for not bringing it over? Because, I mean, I feel like this is something they could have very easily toned down, but I guess it's just really the controversy behind it. Like, they didn't even want to bother. I mean, the episode itself was actually a really quality episode, even animation-wise, I think. Um, I like the story. It was a nice little, like, oh, here's a Matrix episode. Um, but, yeah, no, I think if it has health concerns attached to it, that it should definitely be banned. I know that technology has advanced to a point where the TVs don't output on the same kind of visuals, so you don't necessarily get the seizures anymore. But I can see the concern. I think if they edited out those sequences to not, or just reanimated them to not include those flashing blue and red lights that they should bring it over but yeah i mean it's to the point where they have not featured porygon porygon 2 or porygon z in the anime sense just because of the stigma uh, they popped up in cameo roles but yeah you're you're generally correct yeah um those are my thoughts on it what about you spike um you know it's tricky because i thought this was like a good and entertaining episode but nothing of value is lost from the overarching series by cutting it um you know it actually did seriously injure hundreds of people I totally understand why they cut it, and I even understand why it has been allowed to remain dead, honestly. Um, The thing that bothers me is that, again, as Slidekick had noted, you know, um, Porygon all but doesn't exist in the anime now because of this, and and that sucks. I think Porygon is a really cool Pokemon, and I do wonder if um, we wouldn't have seen Jesse get to keep that Porygon if things had gone differently with this episode. You know, they took, like, a four-month hiatus after the the banning, um, and, and, you know, recut episodes and and actually did change the show a bit moving forward um i guess i just can't help but wonder like would we have gotten to see more Porygon if this didn't happen? And we have every reason to believe the answer is yes. And th- that is what irritates me. I have no problem with the fact that this episode stayed dead. It was a fun episode, but there's just too much baggage. It is kind of interesting to think that they have, as far as I can think of, haven't really touched otherwise. Aside from the Bill episode still had some stuff with like Pokemon storage, right? I haven't seen yeah, that Bill Yeah, because Bill time. is the one who created Pokemon storage. Maybe not Pokemon transfer, Transport, but right. definitely Pokemon but, uh, storage. Otherwise, like they don't really touch it on a lot that Pokemon like when they're in the Pokeball they're like digitized like it's kind of weird like Pokeball and Pokemon digitizing lore and stuff I agree but also that is a whole different talking point <laughs> that, might be, that might be another episode but uh another Stabcast ep- 
episode to uh, talk about. But um, before I hand it over to Salker, who will talk about um, some episodes that were aired once in the United States, but then never again, I have a couple of quick talking points about episodes that were just straight up unaired. These are two uh, episodes that were planned to be aired and were not. Um... And they're actually both earthquake-related. The first one is called Shaking Island Battle, Dojo Watch versus Namazoon, um, which is... Uh, one of those is Wish Cash. I, I don't know which one, but... Uh, so basically... Barboach versus Wish Cash. Which one? Uh, bar- Wish Cash is oh, yeah. Namazoon. Oh, yeah. Dojo Watch is uh, Barboach. Okay. Uh, so basically, they are um, on their way to the Sutopolis City Gym. This is during Advanced Generation. And they are going towards Jojo Island and are caught in an earthquake that is caused by a wish cache. And um, apparently, they're, they team up with a trainer named Trolta to start a wish cache, a wish cache extermination, which sounds kind of dark. But basically, uh, this featured a lot, uh, or it was going to, uh, it was already, as far as I understand, like, you know, animated and, you know, ready to go. Um, but in, this was in 2004, and at the very end of October 2004, there were really strong earthquakes in the Niigata prefecture. And so, uh, out of respect to, you know, the, you know, devastation caused by that those earthquakes, uh, the Pokemon Company pulled this episode from airing. And as a result, they actually did not use um, the moves Earthquake Quake, fissure, or magnitude in the anime sense this event. Um, so the other episode that is, I'd say was earthquake related was, I believe it had, didn't have anything to do, you know, with, uh, earthquakes in the episode, but, uh, this was black and white or best, sorry, best wishes episode 23 rocket game versus plasma game part one. And there is a, a part two that was also just not aired. Right. And so, um, uh, this was postponed and then just never ended up airing because of the, um, really devastating um, earthquake in Tohoku and the tsunami and the uh, Fukushima nuclear disaster, which as you know, uh, know, or maybe you don't know, but if you follow um, any Japan, anything Japanese culture at all, it was very devastating for the country um, to the point, you know, where, (laughs) you know, it affected, uh, you know, like your name, uh, the amazing anime movie, like even touched on uh, the idea of disasters and stuff. Anyway, uh, so there was nothing, uh, you know, controversial about it. Um, it was going to feature um, Giovanni trying to uh, kind of uh, find a meteorite from the Relic Castle in the Desert Resort. And basically they end up uh, having a clash with um, Team Plasma. I get all the um, teams mixed up. But uh, Pikachu ends up falling ill and losing his electric powers, which is kind of sad. There's not really a lot known from this um, other than, you know, they were skipped. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, uh, Black and White's plot had some, like, really crazy kind of cool stuff but you know i understand it was a very devastating time in japan uh do you guys have any thoughts about this about you know maybe it should have aired or whatever you know i've, I've always wanted to see this episode they were actually both of them meant to be um very much like plot centric episodes the uh rocket gang versus plasma gang episodes it was supposed to actually be like a big continuity stepping stone uh moving forward uh to the point that even though they eventually ended up getting like red con like these events could no longer happen tv tokyo actually has said for years that someday these episodes will be released mm-hmm. and uh even today on um like repeats or if you go online to like 
Hulu Japan or whatever and watch the episode before this, uh, you can still see like the next episode preview for these episodes. Mm. And, uh, uh, so it actually for me makes it like a really interesting um, point of interest that for me, like I want to see this episode super bad. Like, yeah, this was also this also featured the return of Looker, who I just found out by looking at his Bulbapedia page that his Japanese name is Handsome. Well, well he he's is a Looker. looker. I, I mean, I I thought he was called Looker because like he was like looking, not because he is a Looker. What about you, Sulker? Uh, I mean, I think that they should eventually release these episodes. I mean, I know that they don't fall into continuity anymore, but I think it'd be interesting for at least the fandom to kind of see it, since there's nothing particularly damning about these episodes that should f- uh, force them to be banned. So those are just my thoughts on it. I would buy a DVD set that had these as a bonus feature, let me tell you that. Yeah, that I think that would be the appropriate way to handle this. Um but otherwise, like, it's tragic why, like, the reason around why this happened was really tragic, but ultimately the episodes don't relate to that. Yeah. All right. Well, all that having been said, I believe that about wraps it up. Uh, we are going to do something very special this week for our anime episodes discussion. We're going to talk about a couple of episodes that did get brought over to the English language Pokemon series, as well as um, airings of the series in other parts of the world. But for one reason or another, were removed from rotation after their initial airing. Sulker, if you'd like to take it away. Sure. The first episode we'll be talking about is Holiday High Jinx. Uh, I'll talk about the description about this episode first, and then we'll kind of jump into why it was banned. Um... In Holiday Hijinx, Ash and his friends run into a sacred and lonely Jinx who has a boot belonging to Santa Claus but can't find its way back to the North Pole. Team Rocket is convinced that Jinx is really Santa Claus and Jessie wants revenge from something that happened in her childhood. Can Ash beat the odds and return Jinx to its master before Team Rocket gets a hold of it? Uh, so kind of talk a little bit more about the story beats here. Uh, the story opens on Jesse and James uh, hanging out with Meowth, trying to come up with a plan to capture Santa Claus. The reason for this being that when Jesse was a little girl, uh, she just watched Nightmare Before Christmas too many times. Yeah, that. Um, but really, she also watched uh, probably a bunch of other holiday movies, including the classic Christmas movie Piranha. I mean, that will set anybody on a crusade to hunt down Santa Claus. Uh, But back to my point. I've digressed too far. Uh, So they're working on a plan to capture Santa Claus because as a child, Jesse witnessed Jinx descending through her chimney into her rather fabulous mansion uh, where she sees Jinx take her precious dolly that she had kind of beaten to the ground in frustration about Santa Claus. Uh, And so she was convinced that Santa Claus just came into her house and was a Jinx and stole her stuff. Fast forward to the future, they're trying to do this wacky thing to get revenge. Um, Ash and crew, uh, this was back in the Misty and Brock days, uh, they go ahead and follow her to, or follow this jinx that they meet, who is projecting things into their mind. Uh, with her hair. With her hair, to back to the North Pole. Uh, Ash's team of Pokemon, or all of their team of po- water Pokemon, kind of swim them on a raft back towards the North Pole. That's a great idea. They eventually get really tired, because who knows how far of a swim that is. Uh, then Ash is like, well, I can ha- handle the 
swimming here and takes over for the Pokemon until basically the point that he drowns because it's Ash. Um, a Lapras shows up and it's really psychic and is like, hey, so Santa Claus told me to come get its Jinx buddy and its boot back, so uh, let me take you kids over to the North Pole. And it does. Uh, as they get there, Team Rocket shows up having pedaled in their Gyarados boat all the way over here. Uh, they kidnap the Jinx, show up at Santa's workshop, and they're like, LOL, you missing your boot? Well, we're going to capture you because you stole my precious toy. Um... TLDR, the gang shows up, they get captured too, it looks like Team Rocket's gonna get away with all of these children's toys, and then uh, Jinx shows up, touches Jesse with some hair, which sounds weird, and was weird, uh, and basically comes out with a, oh, I have your toy, that because... I needed to go and fix it, so brings back this toy, and Jesse's like, what the hell? You stole my toy ten years ago, and now you're not giving it, you're giving it to me now? Why didn't you come back? And Santa reveals that a child who has stopped believing in Santa Claus cannot be visited by Santa Claus, so they could never return her precious dolly. Um, they decide they're still going to steal all these toys. Uh, Ash and friends are like, we could stop them, but then they can't. And it looks like they're going to get away with it, except that Santa's like, everybody use your mind powers. And all of his jinxes use their minds to pull out the Gyarados boat and get the toys back and then cause it to completely explode and send Team Rocket blasting off again. Uh, we then get a final sequence of Santa Claus flying away on his, uh, sled drawn by a single Ponyta who can fly for some reason, and uh, yeah, then they're like, oh man, we didn't tell Santa what we wanted for Christmas, and then Jinx shows up and's like, here's the gifts that Santa promised you for Christmas, but then we never find out what's in them. Uh, we get a closing sequence. Which made me so mad. I know it did, that's why I brought it back up. Uh, then we get a closing sequence of them being like, oh, we're gonna get Santa again, uh, them being Team Rocket. Uh, Jinx shows up in the window, blows a lovely kiss, and they all fall asleep. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the history of this episode. Uh, so this episode is the episode directly after, uh, the Porygon Warrior episode. Um, and as we kind of touched on with the Ice Cave episode, there are real racial implications to deal with here. Uh, so after this episode aired in America, a woman by the name of Carol Boston Weatherford wrote an article stating that Jinx, which was featured prominently in this episode, uh, is a negative stereotype of African Americans related to characters in the story of Little Black Sambo. Uh, soon after, the episode was pulled from rotation and is not believed to have aired since 2000. Uh, despite this, the episode was available on VHS and was also available on the original Indigo League DVD box set. Uh, however, it is not on the current box set. Uh, it is no longer mentioned on Pokemon.com, but was, albeit lacking pictures of Jinx, before April 13th, or, sorry, April of 2013. Also, it was added to the rotation on Boomerang in in 2011 and was still included in Cartoon Network's online streaming services. Uh, why don't we have a little bit of a discussion about the episode and the related uh, issues therein. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Spike. You know, I didn't care for this episode. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where basically no part of this episode makes any kind of real sense. It's just like plot hole after plot hole. It's like an ice cave that needs a cooling system. See, no, that to me just <laughs> I, makes I just, sense. I just, to, I just had to take it there. Sorry, keep going. No, but like there's just stuff like, you know... Um, 
The Jinx took Jesse's doll to fix it, and then they're like, oh, we couldn't return the doll because you no longer believed in us. Like, oh, so you couldn't have just left it outside her door one morning or something? Like, come on now, there are ways. It just, um, it didn't make a lot of sense. The whole, like, jinxes all becoming the children of the corn at the end was terrifying. This was an episode that, you know, is also very slow. And then the one thing that was like, oh, this episode finally has a point. They got gifts from Santa. What do they all truly want in their heart? It's fucking nothing, Doc Gif. Um... Uh, so it's already like a bad episode and then on top of that is the fact that uh, Miss Weatherford at least based on this episode you know she herself uh, used to write several really popular columns across Alabama newspapers and um, obviously really insightful stuff about representation issues Uh, not always but uh, this she also had written about uh, Dragon Ball issues with Dragon Ball Z and Mr. Popo in particular Uh, so you know it's she's right is the thing Jinx is a gross character as we just discussed earlier i wish it weren't so i feel for jinx i I, you know anthropomorphize everything and so like i feel bad for jinx like it's not your fault you were designed this way but it's just not a character that should be featured so prominently in episodes like it's just not so i'm glad this has been removed from rotation i don't think this is something that should be being aired very similar to the way i feel about stuff like little black sambo so yeah, I uh, glad this one was pulled from rotation. Don't think people are gonna miss it at all, and most people haven't. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Slag? Yeah, I mean, I think the episode itself was stupid. Uh, I I feel bad for Jinx because I think Jinx is a cool Pokemon, Ice and Psychic, and you know, like the sprites in the game, I feel like we're not as quite. I mean, especially like you know, in the earlier like the red and blue, like it wasn't quite as obvious. I I don't think. I mean, I guess at the time, I really didn't. Uh, noticed it as much but uh you know uh the thing that i remember is that i remember like uh you know being part of the pokemon fandom online early pretty early on i remember people being like oh she's crazy you know like it was definitely a very different time in terms of uh you know you you don't want to think of the late 90s early 2000s as being like super conservative and stuff but you know basically like you know it's just it's really interesting to think like now we i don't think that people would have like come for carol boston weatherford the way they did but i just remember people like really coming for her um i, I do let's not... be clear there's an entire gate of gamers that would come for her for saying something oh, like that in the true, modern that's day true um um i do have to say like like you know like i think that it's just it's a shame i do think that the redesign of Jinx is not as bad, but still, you know, I can still see where the problematic parts are. Again, I like Jinx as a, you know, Pokemon concept. Um, I do not think any of the blackface stuff is funny. I do think it is funny that um, Carol Boston Weatherford described her as a dead rainer for an obese drag queen. <laughs> because Jinx kind of is a drag queen. I mean, you're not wrong based on, like, some aspects of the character design. You mean Rugalas Bubalas? <laughs> Rugula? <laughs> anyway, but... But yeah, I mean, I think overall the episode was stupid. Um, the funny thing is, is that Delibird uh, is basically like canonically me- meant to be like a Santa bird, right? With his little uh, pouch of gifts and stuff. Um, but the only appearance that I believe he had that was Santa related was a um, a, a TV short, which was brought over here as the Pokemon Chronicles, which were kind of like the side stories. Um, so I, as much as I think like the whole like Santa stuff in Pokemon was stupid, it would be cool if there was a deli bird related Santa part if we're talking about the Santa stuff but the controversy like you know no uh, this episode does not need to be brought back at all all right um, with that having been said let's go to our second episode on the band list uh, as far as our anime discussion goes today uh, this episode is entitled beauty and the beach 
after finally escaping a des- deserted island, our heroes arrive in Acapulco, the world's greatest resort. They begin their vacation on endless beautiful beaches lined with palm trees. Uh, Ash, Misty, and Brock go joyriding in a cruiser belonging to an old man and inadvertently break it and its dock. Uh, our heroes and their Pokemon work temporarily for the old man to pay off their debt. Business is booming, creating resentment for uh, from his main competitor. Uh, as a result, Team Rocket is employed to interfere. Ash and friends only see this as a temporary setback and come up with a plan to blow the old man's competitor and her co-conspirators, Team Rocket, out of the water. Uh, during all of this commotion, Professor Oak and Ash's mother, Delia, uh, unexpectedly show up to witness Ash defeat his competitors and prove himself to be one step closer to being a Pokemon master. Um, a slightly more direct review, uh, and we'll kind of touch on why, what the, the banning happened for. Um, so Ash and friends steal a boat, uh, based on a little bit of confusion that happens amongst the group. Uh, Ash told Misty to get on the boat or this little yacht. Uh, and they're like, but wait, whose yacht is this? And Ash is like, well, I saw Brock get on the boat. So I thought that that meant it was okay for me to get on the boat. And Brock was like, oh, I just followed Pikachu onto this boat. So nobody actually rented the boat. They stole it. uh, And then they get into some trouble with it. Uh, Ash and team... Pikachu! Yes, that. Uh, Ash and his friends basically work for this old man to make up the funds for the damage they've caused to his property, which is really upstanding of them. Uh, And this seems to be going well until Team Rocket, who is working for this guy's competitor, uh, starts sabotaging them through various means, mostly through Meowth being a dick. Um, And so the business dwindles altogether. Uh, As previously mentioned, Oak and Delia show up to kind of like give them a little bit of inspiration and mention that there is going to be a beauty pageant happening in town. Uh, And there are two different categories which make up about $1,000 each. So this would be a way for this man to uh, get his money coming back uh, and pay off a debt he owes to his main competitor lady so that he can go and sail around the world. Uh, the controversy comes into this episode when the competitors, starting with Misty, who's in a bikini, uh, is like, OMG, I can't believe I'm degrading myself this way, despite the fact that I totally signed up for this. Um, Team Rocket show up, and... They're both in bikinis. Both being Jesse and James. Uh, and James is wearing, uh, clearly, strap-on boobs. Which looks fucking fierce as fuck. Inflatable. Um, yeah, and... Um, so they get, they're like, oh my god, you're a man. And he's like, but beauty cannot be contained by my form. Uh, something, something. For some reason, Gary Oak shows up with a bunch of beautiful ladies. Uh, and then they're like, OMG, something, something. And then Team Rocket turns on everybody because they want to be the most beautiful. Uh, and they have their Gyarados come out of the water to start shooting things up. Uh, and then Ash and friends stop them. The usual hullabaloo. Um which this episode results in exactly what the heroes want. Homeboy gets his boat fixed, uh, old lady gets her money back, and old man goes on his cruise. Um, 
So the reason why this is a banned episode is because of the scene halfway in when James cross-dresses and wears inflatable breasts for the beauty contest. Uh, Although it is intended for comic effect, the nature of the scene caused so much controversy that the whole episode was banned for almost three years, until it was aired as a heavily cut version that only lasted 18 minutes. This edited version was titled The Lost Episode when it aired in 2000. The ending of this episode was shown as a flashback in the dub of Hypno's Nap Time, indicating that they had access to the Raw episode while dubbing in the first season. Uh, since Spike started talking about this last time, let's go to Slidekick. So this episode was dumb. Uh, I remember watching it when it was the last episode. I think it was pretty dumb then, but it was dumb in a fun way. <laughs> like, like it was like, especially like the dub was like really like like you could tell how chopped up it was, but it was almost kind of funny in that way. And like I loved the parts where like Meows was just being a little dick. Like I thought that was kind of hilarious actually. And um, like I mean yes, like. James's breasts were like really sexualized, but like I mean, I I I I've always lived for you know James with the breasts, and you know obviously as a queer person, you know like I'm like yes, you know James has always been kind of coded very queer, so you know like anything that kind of queers James, um, I'm always here for. But you know it's it's a stupid episode, and uh, I, I do have to give them the props. Like they tried, even though Misty is like, oh, I want to enter the beauty contest. She has a line that's like, oh, this is so degrading, but I want to help raise the money. <laughs> like so, they tried to add a little feminism in there. So good, I mean, good on them. you know, that was probably just an add-on line for American audiences. Right, right. That's what I meant. Um, what about you, Spike? What do you think about this episode um, and its subsequent banning? You know, it's uh, kind of funny. I, I kind of. And with slide kick on some parts of this, like I personally thought that it was a funny episode. I laughed at several things. It was very absurd. Um, I also like when James is presented sort of on the more queer spectrum of things. And, and I think that a read of the series actually supports that a lot more than you might think. Um, that having been said, you know, I'm not super into having like super sexualized characters in what is effectively a kid's show. Um, I'm also not super into having violence in what is traditionally a kid's show, which is why I didn't fall necessarily on the same uh, page as Sulker on the Safari Zone episode. So uh, I'm I'm okay with the fact that it was banned, even though if I'm being, you know, strict about it, I, I think that what was on display here, I, I don't actually think was really worth banning. I don't think it should have been banned. I'm just not up in arms about it. I see why they did it. Yeah, I, mean, I know it, what broadcast standards are it like. It makes me think of, um, like, in Sailor Moon, how they would raise the bathtub level so that um, Usagi's breasts weren't showing. Right. Um, for me, this episode was fine. Like it was a, guaranteed a throwaway episode, but honestly, I'm just gonna say it. That's it's homophobic that this is banned. Like this has nothing to do with anything. Like there's no reason this episode should be banned other than a man is shown cross dressing. Okay, I was gonna ask, is that the current ironic usage of homophobic? But you actually just mean it's homophobic. Oh yeah, I liked subverting people's expectations of what I mean when I say things. So um, okay, slightly unrelated, but I, I was. Getting- the um, link cables ready so when we're uh, there in a few minutes and right as you were saying um, about like sexualized content in Pokemon I happened to see the gif that Sulker had tweeted at a, to our stabcast.org twitter of a sexy Magikarp cosplay with a guy twerking yep um, so that actually will wrap up our anime discussion uh, next as per usual we have our Pokemon of the week which will be led by Spike brilliant uh, we are running way over schedule, so I'm going to chop this down a good bit. 
Our Pokemon of the Week this week is Porygon. In Japanese, that is Porygon. And Porygon is a normal-type Pokemon introduced in Generation 1. It evolves into Porygon 2 when traded, holding an upgrade, and evolves into a Porygon Z from there when traded, holding a dubious disc. Porygon is the virtual Pokemon and was originally assigned Pokemon Pokedex number 137. The Pokédex entry that I chose was from Red and Blue, and that is a Pokémon that consists entirely of programming code, capable of moving freely in cyberspace. I am so happy that you did it in the Pokédex voice, because I was hoping that you would. Porygon is a Pokémon made completely out of programming code. It has a pink polyhedral body with a blue stomach, blue triangular prism feet, and a blue rectangular prism tail. It has a pink polyhedral head that ends in a blue beak and has hexagonal eyes, built into this code is Silphco Copy Protection DRM, preventing duplication through electronic means. Due to its man-made origins, Porygon does not need to breathe or eat, though it can still accept food if given. Porygon has only made one major anime appearance, as discussed earlier in this episode. Two specimens, Dr. Akihabara, who I just keep wanting to call Dr. Akiba. (laughs) Fair. And obviously, due to the events of that episode, since then, Porygon and its evolutions have never played a main role in another episode or feature. Um, Though it does need to be noted that there have been a few other minor appearances. um, The episode, A Chansey Operation, uh, Clefairy Tales, Lights Cat. Camera Quaction, um, in the World of Pokemon opening narration of the fourth and fifth movies, you can see a little cameo, and then, uh, you know, not a whole lot until basically the opening to the 15th movie, you know, just a few years back. So uh, Porygon definitely been iced, super not fair. Bring back Porygon. With that having been said, let's go over to those link cables. All right, well, uh, Keeping it quick here, we have one response to our Pokemon of the Week, which is Porygon. We said our Pokemon of the Week is Porygon. What do you think about this Electric Soldier? Which sounds kind of like a Genome uh, album title, Electric Lady. Um, ben Active says, I like its evolution line motif of better polygon slash corrupted data, but at the end of the day, it's another forgettable normal type with an okay gimmick. Yeah, unfortunately, um, in the games, kind of a bit gimmicky, but still cool. And with that, uh, we'd like to thank you for your feedback. You can reach us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Um, so we appreciate your subscriptions, ratings, and reviews. We like your Facebook likes. We like to tumble on Tumblr. And we freaking love Twitter. So uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can mail us at mail at stabcast.org. Mail at stabcast.org. Or you can always go and visit our website, stabcast.org. Stabcast.org. That's right. We got a domain name. There's no geocities here. <laughs> Uh, you can also listen. We're hosted on Tripod. You can also <laughs> listen to some great shows on the Voice of Geeks Network over at vognetwork.com, including a show on which Slaggy and I appear, GameBuoy.org. GameBuoy.org. Which, as you might imagine, you can also listen to over at GameBuoy.org. GameBuoy.org. Uh, that is, of course, your twice monthly port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. GameBuoy.org. You can also hear myself and Shana Lenko over on the Ranger Pridecast talking about the current. season of the Power Rangers meta series, as well as the current season of the Super Sentai meta series upon which it's based out of Japan. Sidekick, I hear you have some shoutouts? I do. I'm basically a Loudred. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to shout out first to um, 
Speaking of obese drag queens, <laughs> Reading is Fundamental, the currently off-season podcast, where myself, Spike, Delvin from the Video Game Realness podcast, and Rob Roberts from the Orange Lounge Radio podcast, serve tea and dish on everything RuPaul's Drag Race on tea. Uh, a couple of the queens are fans of Pokemon, including Trixie Mattel, one of our favorites. So, uh, you know, sometimes some dragon Pokemon intersectionality. Um, I believe that Fifi O'Hara, even though we don't really care for her, I believe she uh, likes some Pokemon. Pokemon as well, but anyway, I'd like to shout out to Orange Lounge Radio, the podcast where every gamer has a voice, featuring Rob Roberts, Dark Sakura, and Tech Master Loki. They've been running for over 15 years now, the longest-running video game radio show on the internet, airing live on Sunday nights at the Voice of Geeks Network. Uh, they are, um, they, OLR is fundamental. I'd also like to direct you to Anime Buoy, your twice-monthly port of call for anime news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. That's AnimeBuoy.org. And soccer. Mythical Pokemon D&D RPG, taking two as- of the best aspects of geek life, GM White Wing hosts a troop of unlikely, uh, unlikely heroes as they explore the Pokemon world of the past with classic D&D classes and villains. Very Random Encounter VRE cast, spun off from the cast members of Mythical, this exciting RPG podcast is random as hell. Uh, each season, they play a random pen and paper RPG with randomly generated everything. Characters monsters and more uh with all that having been said i believe we have uh theme music like it we do oh we do yes we have music it's great our theme music it's professor sycamore's theme by nathan sharp aka nate wants to battle over on youtube uh it does all sorts of great video game and anime covers and parodies uh does some really quality stuff like uh you should check it out on youtube or go support him on itunes buy his stuff awesome music sound a little bit too much like a um, a deca goose when I talk like that, by which I mean a politician who looks like that. All right. Well, on that lovely note, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, all y'all out there in Internet Radio Land this lovely Sunday night. I hope you've had half as much fun listening as we've had talking. We'll be back at you in a week or two. But until then, keep catching. Keep, keep catching. catching. Keep training. Keep, keep training. And uh, Dino Senshi Porygon. Porygon. I choose you. Alternating red and blue, what you gonna do? <laughs> Alola? Alola! I hate Christmas because Jinx stole my favorite toy.